the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good Saturday afternoon and welcome to Woods and Water, South Carolina. It is indeed a great day to be in South Carolina because, now why can't I get Wi-Fi? got four bars and no Wi-Fi. Get out of here. Anyway, I was trying to look up social media time. I think it's B Cobb Fishing and uh, and then Brandon Cobb Fishing. B Cobb Fishing is on Instagram. Brandon Cobb Fishing on uh, Facebook. Brandon is going to join us. Uh, right after the this break that's coming up in ten minutes or so, um, and uh, we're going to talk about because I had a cool idea about going down and doing a live remote from Brandon's house, which is kind of cool. Get Amy involved, the dog maybe, you know, just just a cool setting and all that. And we talked about that after Hartwell. Well, then he, you know, Monday he just won Lake Fork, Texas, Texas Fest. So I'm like, I can't wait <laughs> for a gap in his schedule, my schedule, to do a remote. So we're just just gonna have him on, and, and and pretty much I'm just gonna wide open give him the show, and uh, and and just talk about the season on the elites and all. What an incredible season he's had, and and we're gonna get into all that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not gonna go there. I'll wait and go there with Brandon. How's that? But uh, it is it is good. And summer's here. Uh, got a few hours of fishing this week. There are so, there were some fish still on the bed. Um. Uh, Caught one of them, took me about mm, maybe 10 minutes. She's about three and a half pounds, maybe. But she was deep. That's, that's, those deep bed, deep bedding fish. And I'm, when I say deep, you know, three feet or so. Um, they're hard to see, especially if you're, you know, fishing the big white spot and you got grass or something around it because they just sit in there on those, on the dark side and you can't pick them out. But let me tell you one thing. And, and I don't, I don't come in here and trumpet stuff that's given to me. Most of the stuff that I get from from people, I give away right here on the show. And uh, but but Costa Del Mar sunglasses has put me on. Uh, what do you call it? Pro staff. I'm not a fisherman, so I'm not really pro staff. I guess I'm media staff. I don't know. They give me stuff to for me to try out and and all. And this year I got a couple of new pair of glasses, and and one of them is the Sunrise Silver Mirror Lens. And I kid you not. <laughs> And I thought I could see through the water with my green lenses and my blue lenses and, and everything else. These things are incredible. You can see. And, and that fish was three feet deep, and the water was just a tad murky, uh, and I could still see that fish, even on the sides, because I could tell when she left and came back, I could tell she was on the right side the left side because I, those, those lenses were so good. And she was deep. I mean, she was right down on the bottom, too. So it took me about 10 minutes to get her. Um Tried some finesse stuff that didn't work. Now I went straight to the wobble head with a Strike King Rage bug on the end, and it didn't take but a couple of minutes, and she did not like that thing at all. And I was fishing on straight braid, so, man, when she thumped it, it was like, oh, that feels good. 
So there are there were a few fish still in the bed. If you're out there fishing, you might want to look around. We saw some others. Uh, saw some, uh, a couple of fish that were rolling. Of course, you can't catch them when they're rolling. It's fun to watch, and it's exciting because they look like they're going to bite. No, no, they're not going to bite. At least they won't for me. But uh, anyway, so and the trails, man, everything's greened up out there. Watch for the snakes. Watch for bees and stuff like that. But get out there, and, and you can go fishing. I went trout fishing, actually. Took Taylor up uh, to the North Mills River. I know that's not in South Carolina. It's okay. It's uh, it's trout fishing. And we didn't have too good a time, but, I mean, we didn't catch a, anything. We had a couple on. A lot of people on the river. I guess a spring break in North Carolina maybe. A lot of a lot of fathers and kids up there, which was neat to see. Uh, had a bunch of, man, you could see them there again wearing the same glasses. I could see the trout. You could see them laid on the bottom, clear water. You know, of course, the mountain streams are clear anyway. But I had a lot of fish come up off the bottom, look at my fly, and just, eh, just sink back down again. It was really frustrating. I might go back to wearing old glasses where I can't see what I'm not catching. But uh, you can go trout fishing, man, the bass fishing, the saltwater fishing. My buddy Captain John Fuss with Holy City Fishing Charters is wearing the fish out in Charleston Harbor and, and the creeks and all. I actually went out past the jetties the other day. I think they caught um, Spanish mackerel, sheep's head, some big redfish, and uh, false albacore. So, I mean, it was just, it, fishing's wide open. Of course, then you got hiking you can go do. Uh, I don't know what else is there to do outside right now. Cut grass? No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> That's too much work. But uh, just look at my yard, you'll understand. But uh, it is a good time to be outdoors. And, and in the vein of the outdoors, here's, here's the calendar of events. A few things you can do outside, as always, brought to you by Visit Anderson Green Pine Landing Event Center, which just announced a big tournament coming gosh i can't remember the year and i'm not going to say it because i'll get it wrong but it's an flw tournament it's coming but uh dnr of course is putting on their fishing clinics for the the family the fishing rodeos not the clinics fishing rodeos which are free ages 5 to 15 bring your own equipment they might have a little bit there if you don't have exactly what you need but essentially you just need a, a zebco 33 some corks some hooks Oh, some split shot and, you know, worms or whatever else because most of the time it's catfish. Trout when you come up here to the upstate for the one they have up here. And I think we went through, did we go through May the 11th last time? Yeah, we must have gone through May the 11th. So these fishing rodeos are on May 18th uh, from 8 to 1, 9 to 12, or 9 to 3. That's a pretty cool one. Okay, so uh, the one I was talking about that uh, was a trout fishery. That is the Piedmont Tree Nursery in Oconee County, which is May the 18th. That's the one where you catch trout. They go in there and stock that. It's a beautiful place. If you've never been up there, a beautiful setting with the river running through the middle of the the, the valley and all. And, and just a good one. That's your tree one. I mean, that's your trout one. Piedmont Tree Nursery, May 18th, Oconee County. Darlington County Fishing Radio, Darlington County, May 18th from 8 to 1. Foster Park Lake in Union County, May 18th from 9 a.m. to 12, 12 p.m. Bulls Bay Nature Festival Rodeo at Seaweed Center. That one's pretty cool, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's in Charleston County. Um, I have to go check that one out. That could be one. No, I won't be. No, that's the weekend I'm going to be at the Roland Sportsman uh, fishing thing down at Savannah Riverside that weekend. So, But anyway, those are some of the free fishing rodeos you can go take advantage of. Coming up quickly. Lake World, 35th Annual Striper Tournament, sponsored by Transmission Specialist. 
Owls Upstate Italian Kitchen, Castle Controls, Mountaintop Marine, Capital City Plumbing, May 18th, Lake Murray, South Carolina, 6 a.m. to 2.30, paying first, second, third places. Uh, they can have a fish fry, door prizes. Uh, you can pick up rules and tournament application at Lake World. Weigh-ins held at Lake World, 2.30, 3.30. Telephone number 803-957-6548. Again, applications at Lake World down on uh, Lake Murray. Getting close here. Uh, Paddle the Ace Basin, May 21st. Rice fields, blooming wildflowers, migratory birds. This is from Coastal Expedition. Some of the most spectacular places in the low country are only accessible by kayak, keeping these precious sites unmarred by the hands of man. It's a blackwater tour, and um, oh man, so much history down there, 17th, 18th century. It's time with the tides, in case you're wondering. And they depart at 9 o'clock in the morning, wrap up by 2 a little bit later, depending on the current. And adults are 95, kids 1275, Tuesday, May 21st. Get a hold of Coastal Expeditions in Charleston. They do some great stuff. All right, like I said, when we come back from the break, Brandon, Kyle, and I, we're going to take however long we need to get through all the stuff that's going on in the series. So hang on. More Woods and Water South on the other side. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. You know, I have these cool ideas, and we're going to do some of these cool ideas, but one of the cool ideas I had with, with somebody was to go to his home and have a live remote and talk about his win at Lake Hartwell, and lo and behold, in within 30 days, he's won another Elite Series tournament down at Lake Fork. So I said, I can't wait another three or four weeks. I might be another tournament behind. So I, uh, he's doing this on really short notice. He told me he had about three hours sleep over the last couple of days, and how you know how these guys sleep during a tournament. But you gotta give him a, a shout out to Brandon Cobb, who joins me on Woods and Water South Carolina today after winning Lake Fork. I mean, Brandon, dude, first year in the Elite Series, and you're like taking over. <laughs> Man, it's been it's been more than I could have. I would say super excited from the start of the year to just have the chance on the Elite Series and. I was just happy to be there, to be honest, when I uh, when the season started. And now, man, it's been more than I could have ever dreamed of. Good gracious. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I'm sure you're excited coming to, to Lake Hartwell. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that was, like, on your radar from day one when you got the invitation to fish the elites. Did you ever think that a lake in Texas would be on your list, too? No, I, I never would have thought that. And even Hartwell, man, I, like, I've done real well at Hartwell over the past, but to be perfectly honest with you, it's hard to win on your home lake. And I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I was looking at Hartwell. I was looking at Hartwell like, well, I should probably be able to make some money in that one and do pretty good, you know, <laughs> and then uh, win that one. And the, the Texas one is like, I don't, I mean, I think we've talked over the years, which I've got a lot better at it, but I don't usually do good in slug test. Like right. I do better right. in kind of tougher tournaments. Sure. And, it's almost, I don't feel like my style of fishing's changed, but it's kind of like where I'm getting to like the Slugfest tournament, which is good on bass because we tend to have Slugfest. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. And y'all had a real Slugfest down there. 
My goodness. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> it may, makes me want to just go pay somebody to take me out on Lake Fork tomorrow. Uh, Man, there's plenty, there's plenty of them there to pay, by the way. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't think I've ever seen so many guides on the lake. It, it was a little, a couple of days towards the weekend. It got a little tough to find somewhere to fish, but uh, they were all pretty courteous, so it was it was good. Well, let's, uh, I mean, we got a lot to talk about. I know you got a little bit of sleep, so we'll we'll get through this, but we always have a good time when we do it. All right, so got the invite to the Leets. Super excited about the season. Going in. Uh, St. John's River 20th. Now, you, you told me that you zigged when you should have zagged down at St. John's. What did you mean by that one? Well, it's, so St. John's, I had a great first two days. I mean, I think I was in fourth to going into the third day. And uh, the, I really had, like, one area, basically. I mean, that's, that's what it boiled down to. I just had one place. And the wind blew like crazy the third day, straight yes. on to it. And if anybody that knows about Florida fishing, they don't like wind right. at all. right. And, uh, it gets muddy and it kind of ruined my area. And I, I thought it was going to be a tough day the third day because of the wind. And basically all everybody did was went to the opposite side of the lake where the wind wasn't blowing. I guess it, it seemed so obvious at the time. <laughs> it already seems so obvious now, but yeah. at the time it, I felt like I needed to just find a way to catch the limit and that wasn't what to do. So it was kind of, third day was kind of rough there, but still a good start of the year. Yeah. 20th place, uh, Lake Lanier right down the road here in Georgia, uh, 14th. Uh, better yeah. than yeah. expected or worse than expected? Um, well, it, I, I was definitely happy with 14th at Lanier, but it could have been a lot better tournament for me, really. I, I think the uh, second two days, I really made a charge back. I think it was in like 60th or 70th yes, the first day. you were way down. And, uh, yeah, and it didn't really – it wasn't like I really did anything wrong the first day. It was just one of those days where they just didn't bite for me. I mean, pretty much the second and third day, I, I did the exact same thing as the first day. It just didn't work the first day. Okay. So it was one of those, I mean, not it was a good finish, not as good as I wanted, but not one I really regret anything about either. Then you step into your backyard, and everybody knows that hometown lakes are not kind to hometown anglers, except in the case of Casey with the Classic and now you with the Elite Stop. Um, first place, I mean, that did the lake set up like you wanted, or did the lake set up not like everybody else wanted? Well, so that one, it set up, I thought, like, with it being that time of year, that spawn, like, the spawning time and, like, kind of what fish tend to do then, I was, like, didn't really think that I would have any any advantage whatsoever, you know. Okay. And then um, by the time practice got to going, it was bad, man. I mean, just to just to be honest, like, it, my practice wasn't good. Okay. And I was a little frustrated with it. I wasn't catching them. They weren't doing what I expected them to be doing. But it actually, looking back at it, it worked out good because it was really cold in practice and just not normal April conditions. Okay. And by the tournament, I think it had everybody kind of confused, a little like doing weird things that you wouldn't normally do in April. Sure. And then by the tournament, the weather got warm, conditions got about normal for April, and the fish did exactly what they always do. <laughs> and that worked out good for me because I know what they always do. Well, I so mean... it, uh, it, it was actually good that the weather was crazy. And it's not like, I mean, how many times have you fished some of those points on some of those lakes and some of those pockets over the years you were a kid in college and in, in your <laughs> profession? How many times have you fished some of those places? Hundreds? Oh, oh, hundreds. Probably more, honestly. I, uh, I mean, I know, like, 
one of the BFLs I won was actually like I caught some of my good fish on some of the same banks I caught them in on the elite <laughs> stop. So it was uh, th- that was a cool tournament because it was like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I practiced for three days, but then by the time the tournament came, I kind of just said, you know what, I always catch them at Hartwell in right. a couple different areas. I'm just going to fish there, and it worked out. A couple times we were sitting there, you could see Clemson. That's right. Yep. <laughs> that's my my neck of the woods. I, the lake Hartwell is one of those lakes where you can win anywhere on the lake, but I'm just like that Clemson area is just where I, throughout college and everything, if, if I had a couple hours to go, I've just fished up there so much. Oh, man. Take a drink. <laughs> I'm losing my voice from uh, doing so many interviews. I'm sure. Well, take a drink. Um, talked about the weather a little bit, talked about the fish stages. You know, more and more you're seeing a lot of guys, and this is what you did, you alternated between a shaky head and a wacky worm, just searching, because mm-hmm. you weren't really seeing a whole lot. I know I know. later in the week you were keying in on some bass you'd found, and you, you, you would tell us in the boat, I'm going to come back to him in a couple of hours, he'll bite, and I saw you do that at least once. Um, how, for people that are listening, how do you use those baits together? So, like, that spawning time, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to catch spawning fish and fish, even blind fishing for them. I mean, a buzz bait's like topwater. You can catch them like that even. And that tournament, though, I just kind of – I tried to simplify it, okay. really. It was my was my game plan at the start. It's been, like I said, it's been a little rough week. And when they're spawning like that, they always eat a wacky rig. And – the the cool thing about the wacky rig is you can kind of use it like you think of a weightless wacky rig. Like, oh man, you got to fish it so slow, you know. Well, you, well, the way I fish it, I really don't. Okay. I, I use it more like a search bait. I kind of keep the trolling high going down the bank. Yeah. Now I don't ever really even fish it. I'm actually just making casts with it at likely looking places. Okay. And I don't even fish it. I just let it sink. Let it. I mean, you're not fishing in three foot of water, so it doesn't take it. But you know, a half a second to sure. fish a foot, two foot. So I basically just throw it to likely looking places and never really fish it. I just throw it as I'm trolling and then reel it back. Okay. And a lot of times those big females sitting around those beds, which are the likely looking places I mean, are like dark spots, light spots, you know, bedding places. Sure. And uh, a lot of times those big females will eat it like immediately before you even uh, like like before you actually see them. And then if they don't, by the time you're trolling. If they don't eat it on the fall, then you get up there, there, and you look down, you see the bed, and you go, oh, well, there's a three or four pounder, and you can whip around and power pole down. And a shaky head on Hartwell, you're not fishing for seven, eight pounders. I mean, yeah, you might every now and then. For the most part, you're fishing for two and a half to four and a half pounders. Okay. And you can handle them fine on spinning gear, and the shaky head always seems like the best way to catch them to me. Those those big females you're catching like that on the bed – are they on the bed, or are they just kind of off to the side, and the male's on the on the actual bed? Usually, the female is off to the side. Okay. I would say like eight to ten out eight eight out of ten times they're off to the side, but you can still you can actually catch the female first a lot if you don't see them yet. Hmm. Like if they don't if they don't know you're there, and that like if it's just like you're fishing and your bait lands on them, right. Quite often, that reaction will be from the female because okay. the buck's locked down on the bed, right? Right, they do. And yeah, and he's just sitting there. So the female is kind of roaming around, cruising around the bed. Well, if a bait just flies in and sinks on them, the female is actually more likely to just shoot up there and eat it than the male actually coming off the bed to eat it. Wow. So that's why I like to catch them before I see them. 
Okay. Well, you, you had every, you had all of us worried Sunday morning because when you took off and started fishing Sunday morning, you ran a couple of places and then you started fishing. You throwing top water on points, and everybody, mm-hmm. I mean, the spectator boats around you were like, "Oh no, he's melting down. He he's he's gone and started, <laughs> and he's 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 totally losing. He's going and doing something he hadn't done all week." What made you go throw some top water first thing Sunday morning? Well, it's Lake Hartwell that time of year, I mean, we hadn't had a ton of spawning activity yet, but there had been enough fish spawned to where we had some post-spawned fish. Okay. And the heron, we were like within days of the heron spawning, and I knew it. And uh, that last morning was the first warm night we had had. It had okay. been kind of cold at night. All right. week. You know, you're out there with me. I mean, yeah. mornings were pretty cold. Yeah, they were. They and were. Uh, and that last day, we didn't have a cold night, and I figured the heron would start spawning, and... The first place I ran that, uh, that morning, I guess, yeah, the Sunday morning, the final right. day morning, the heron were spawning and there were stripers all over it. Okay. And, and that kind of told me like, it, it's borderline something's happening. Okay. And I just, I hadn't really caught any good wave fish in the morning anyway. So <laughs> I figured I'd go try to catch some, you know, if, if you pull up on the right point during the hand spawn, you can Shoot. catch 15 pounds in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah, five and so that was casts. my goal. That, that's right. So that was my goal to just hopefully run into that. But it's funny you say that because, you know, the typical heron fishing is kind of like a frantic style of fishing, I guess you'd say. <laughs> like you, uh, you pull up three or four casts and you're gone. Right. Pull up three or four casts yes. and you're gone. Well, so that's how I was running it. But it's funny you say that because my cameraman, you know, he'd been riding with me for three days. <laughs> And he knew how I'd been fishing. And all of a sudden, that last morning, it just seemed completely different. It sure. looked like I'm running around uh, like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> and he was freaking out. I said, man, you, you just got to calm down. I'm, like, no, I'm not freaking out. This is just how you fish this, man. And he's like, this is normal. We'll settle down in an hour if we don't catch any. Oh, and, man. Uh, that is we, good stuff. We ended up catching nothing but stripers. But it was, it, it was, it was just my best way, I felt like, to really catch them early. I got you. Yeah, because you, you told us Saturday morning that you might – you might as not even start fishing until 10 because you didn't have anything first thing in the morning anyway. That's right, yeah. I mean, the only decent fish I caught early was a fish I'd seen on the bed the day before to go throw straight at. And, I mean, it's, that's just it, – it really didn't matter what I caught early because I had a, I was pretty confident that I would call them all after 10 anyway. I gotcha. <laughs> so oh. that, was kind of, that was kind of why I was basing kind of a different game plan that last morning. Very good, very good. Well, hang on. Let's. Uh, I tell you what. Let's take a break now, and uh, okay. and come back on the other side of the, of the bottom of the hour break, and and talk a little bit more about Lake Hartwell, and then we'll go on to Lake Fork. So, hang on through the break. More woods okay. and water south on the other side. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. We are uh, 
We're talking to Brandon Cobb, who is now not just a uh, a new Bassmaster Elite for 2019. He is a two-time winner. Talked about Lake Hartwell a little bit. What, Brandon? Just just real quick. What is winning on Lake Hartwell? What has it meant to you? I know you're only four weeks out from it. As you look back on it, what's it mean to you to win on the home lake? Man, that so you want to win anywhere, but the home lake one was cool because it really. I feel like I got the full effect of like all my friends and all my family and everybody around here that's followed me or supported me throughout the years, you know, they actually got to like firsthand see it versus just watching it on Bass Live or watching it on Bassmasters or whatever. It was, it seemed like I got a lot more, it, it was a lot bigger deal to everybody because it was close to home, you know? Yeah. Everybody was there. I mean, the guys from Falcon were there. Uh, John here from Greenfish rode up. Uh, you're all your family and friends were there. It was, that was a great, Great Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it was. It was, and uh, my mom tells me every day at, the, at our store here in Hodges, she's uh, she says like seven to ten people still to this week <laughs> come in every day and talk about it. <laughs> Just a great win. That was that was one for the books. Uh, I'm, no, I I missed Thursday and Friday. I was I was glad to be there Saturday and Sunday. And uh, <laughs> good stuff. All right, then you went to Winya Bay, sixty first. Is it? Is that just a product of being, I don't know, consecutive weeks, don't like coastal, that title change fishing, or just that there just weren't that many fish to catch, period? Well, it's a little bit of all of it. I mean, th- that system's got some fish, but so I got there late, number one, which I'm not blaming it on the lack of practice, because sure. I mean, I still got two, two and a half to two, two days, you know. Okay. And, uh, that it just I like some tidal fisheries I like. Like the Potomac River, for instance, is one of my favorite fisheries in the entire country. Okay. But here's the nature of a tidal fishery. This is why it's so easy to do poorly at this. <laughs> they there's when you find fish, there's a lot of fish in one place. Okay. But there's not that many fish in the whole area. And those when there's a lot of fish in one place, they only bite at certain tides. Right. And so it basically makes your practice when you only got two days on somewhere you're not familiar with, you more or less on a place that big, I mean, we have like 300 miles of fish. You've yes. got to pick an area and just say, I think this is a good area. And you have to kind of pick it apart. And you have to pick it apart even more because if you think you find an area that's got a few fish, you, not only do you have fish at low tide, you have fish at high tide. <laughs> not only do you have fish at outgoing tide, you got to fish at incoming tide. Right. So basically, basically what it came down to is I picked an area that I thought was good, and it it wasn't. I mean, it's just flat out how it was. That I don't think anybody in the entire top forty was fishing within ten miles of them. <laughs> it was a uh, it was just kind of one of those things. It was it was bad decisions, but it was just like it it, it was like I just picked picked the wrong area to fish. That's all it was. That that is a spread out fishery. It oh, is. It oh. is. And. and Looking back, I mean, so I went to the Cooper River in practice, uh, pre-practice, and actually the first day I got down there, I didn't get down there till like 2.30 the first day of practice. Okay. And I went to the Cooper, and the Cooper was the best. In, in From 2.30 to 6, the first day of practice, I caught more fish than I caught the other two days in the Winyah side. Oh, wow. And it was, I just did, I couldn't make myself make the 200-mile run. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. And I, I like 
with the situation in points, I knew the Cooper was going to dominate. Sure. The like, well, obviously it was one. It was set to one in the in the walking off side. Right. But for the most part, I would say seventy-five to eighty percent of the top 50, forty were Cooper. probably in the Cooper. Right. And uh, it was just one of those things where. I felt like I could hold my own on the winning outside, but probably not, probably not top ten, but hold my own, and it just didn't work out. But I, looking back, I, I definitely wish I'd have went on and made the run, even with less time to fish. <laughs> that run is just got to be brutal. It's got to be brutal because in in the spring, the last two times they've been here in the spring, the morning run is not that bad. The intercoastal smooth, Charleston wind is not too bad. Charleston Harbor is not bad early in the morning. But boy, as that sun heats up and the wind starts blowing, and it blows in from the the uh, what was it, southwest. Normally, when it blows mm-hmm. in in the springtime, oh gosh, when you got an outgoing tide and incoming wind, and a bass boat is just not a comfortable thing to be in on Charleston Harbor. It's not, and it's not good for them. And that's one thing I was kind of looking out for my equipment. We got a whole rest of the season to fish. I didn't want to abuse my equipment too much of that. But here's one thing I didn't think about too. All right. My goal and my reason not going, I was like, it's fishing tough as a whole. Even the Cooper is fishing tough. Sure. Know? But I was like, well, if if it's going to be hard to catch five fish, I'd rather have eight hours to catch them. Sure. Than I would three That's and right. a half or four. Yeah. Well, here's one thing that didn't cross my <laughs> mind at the time. Okay. Well, on the Winyaw side, they only bite at low tide. Well, low tide's about an hour. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Really, you end up hanging around and waiting on them bite for seven hours and then actually catching some for an hour. And at least on the Cooper side, they kind of bit all day. So, yeah, it might only be three hours, but still two hours more than you had on the Winyot side. So, <laughs> didn't really think about that at the time. But. That's some good stuff right there. That is some good stuff. Oh, man. Then then you go to Lake Fork, Texas. Have you ever been on Lake Fork, Texas before, or was this your first time? I have never been to Lake Fort, Texas. I uh, have driven by it twice and said I was going to go put in in, like, the last five years. I'm going to go fish a half a day there just to see what's about. And never put the boat in until last week. Wow. How was practice? Practice was was good, but it was very sporadic. Like, nearly every day of practice, I could have had – somewhere between 20 and 30 plus pounds. Okay. But I would get five to 15 bites in a 20 minute window and then not hardly get a bite the rest of the day. Okay. So that, that's kind of, it, it was like, I thought I could catch them if I hit the window, but I didn't know if I'd ever hit a feeding window. Cause you talked about that window all four days on live, especially with that, mm-hmm. that shallow water herring bite that you were on every, what, every day about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Yeah, it, so that's what was strange. It was, uh, it was in practice, it seemed like if you didn't catch them by 8.30 or 9, you were kind of done. Like, I wasn't going to get a bite. Okay. But by the tournament, it was actually kind of slow early, believe it or not. It, like, it just changed like that. Like, it was slow early, and then between, like, 8.30 and 11.30 was lights out. And then they kind of start biting again at about 1.30. Okay. So it was kind of it was kind of strange how they how they changed like that, but it, it was it was shad spawn related. Okay. Um, but still, even after catching so many fish and doing it for so long, I'm not 100 percent sure the fish were there because of the shad spawn. I think the fish were on the places. Okay. And they were easier to catch when the shad were there. Okay. 
versus they were following the shad there. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Because yeah, you were doing you were doing some of the same stuff everybody does on Lake Hartwell on uh, Murray. You know, you get those yep. exposed points, the wind blowing up on them, and and you know you were fishing close. I mean, you're fishing shallow a lot of times. Much of that's time. right. Yeah, I was fishing like a foot and a half to two foot deep. But it was it was a lot like blueback heron fishing, which these fish were eating shad or and gizzard shad, thread fins and gizzard shad. But okay. the difference was, so like our fish, I think they. Like when the heron spawn's going on, the fish stay up there. They just don't bite. Okay. Well, I think these fish didn't stay up there. They would actually run up to these shallow places, feed like crazy for ten minutes, leave, and then come back out. Okay. And that's what I, I joked on live a few times. I said the million dollar question was, where do they go when they're not up on these places? <laughs> and then I joked and said, well, actually, it's probably the hundred thousand dollar question. <laughs> if you can figure right. it out, it's guaranteed that you're going to win. But <laughs> I never figured it out. Still won, but I, I to this day I have, I have no idea where they went when they were not feeding. But they weren't biting, that's for sure. No, that's that's that is a fact. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like like actually the place it wasn't quite to that extent. The other days I at least get a bite there, but the first day, the place I caught majority of my thirty one that first day, I caught them almost in a row when I caught thirty one. I mean for. 15 to 20 minutes, I'd caught a fish dang near every cast. But I'd already fished that place twice in the day and not had a bite. And you hit that window. And then uh, the third time when I pulled up, one fish came up chasing a gizzard shad across the top, and then for 20 minutes, I mean, I couldn't couldn't not catch one throwing up it. You know, one of the one of the big things they were talking about on live through the whole tournament, and and like and and Texas. Fest is a little bit different in that you fish Thursday, Friday. It's fan appreciation day on Saturday. You guys are available. You got tons of fans there. And then you fish Sunday, traditionally Championship Sunday, which is really just Saturday, and then you fish Monday. And one of the themes that they on live, they were talking about it, and, and I joked earlier that we have a Brandon cam on live because it seems like every time live is up, we got a camera in the boat with Brandon. They were talking about your decision-making and whether it was – I don't know. I mean, I often wonder how you guys make a decision to leave, go somewhere else, fish there, stop here, whatever. But one of the big things you said on, I think it was Sunday, uh, you caught your fish, you know, on that, on that, uh, the herring, uh, the, the shad bite or whatever like that. And, and, and you were talking about, and I, I guess you must have done this the other days and I just didn't hear you, but you, you talked about, well, this bite's done. I probably could go out deep or, or run a bunch of these points and find another fish or two or run another, but I know I can go shallow and just fish for one or two bites. And that's exactly what you did. And I don't know if you know it or not, but that, that five plus pounder you caught on the frog mm-hmm. was live. And I mean, yeah, the, it was. the it camera was, was the like greatest camera shot ever. Oh, it was incredible. And, and, and the greatest cast. I was pretty <laughs> proud of my cast on that one too. <laughs> I think somehow I made my frog like levitate to there without splashing. <laughs> it was great. I mean, it was like ba-doop, ba-doop, ba-doop. and then that fish just just over came over top and just thrashed that thing. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that that shallow bite was uh so it, like I'm not gonna call it luck because I knew I'd catch some fish. Sure, but to catch the size I caught shallow oh, that third day. Oh man, was. Not what I expected. At like so, that point there, the like point shaft one bite. That was how I was catching most of my big ones. But when it got to that eleven thirty to lunch period, right? 
there was really no point in fishing points until closer to weigh-in, until 130 or 2, because you weren't going to catch one. Okay. I mean, it was just that simple. It was like, you can run all the points you want, bigger blue in the face, you weren't going to get a bite. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of, I went shallow because I was like, well, if at least if I'm catching fish, I got a better chance to catch a big one, you sure. know? And if I stay out there, I, I mean, I'm just basically waiting on them. So I went shallow just to catch some fish, kind of yeah. keep the day moving. You, right. you know, momentum's a big thing in fishing. If you don't catch one for two hours, you kind of lose your momentum. Yeah. And uh, I went shallow just to keep catching fish, and I did. And it just worked out where I caught that five-pounder and then trolled across the 11 on bed, which was, I mean, <laughs> w- was awesome. I mean, it, it was uh, not in any way did I know that fish was there or expect to see it or anything. It just happened to happened to show up. It, it, I fished that same bank the day before, and it was not there. So it was a really fresh fish. It had showed up overnight almost. Well, it probably showed off on the off showed up on the off day because that was one cool thing about Saturday. off day. It left right. some bank. Yeah, it left some banks untouched for the day. What did you catch that fish on? I mean, you had a when I hey. saw you when I saw you first start fishing for it. You had a spinning reel in your hand, and, and I yeah. must have looked so, away for a few minutes. And you, when I came back, you had a bait caster, and that's when you hooked it up. Yeah, so I pulled up on it, and I saw it, and it was really, really deep. And I said, that fish is over five pounds. And then after about five minutes, I said, I think that's like an eight-pounder, actually. And uh, looking at it a little longer, I started realizing it was a good bit bigger than that. I didn't mention it to the camera, but I figured I'd wait to see what it was. <laughs> and uh, so I flipped that a few times, and I, I bumped it with my bait with the big Z-crawl. Okay. And uh, – when I bumped it, I almost like freaked it out, which is not normal. A lot of times that fish, they're locked on that hard. You bump them and they eat it. And I bumped sure. it and it like completely changed his attitude. Like I'm going to leave. Oh wow. And so I picked up that more finesse bait to throw up there a few times to see if I get locked back on. And looking back now, seeing how big it was, I'm so glad it did not eat it. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I got to say. And I threw it a few times. I actually got to rise up on it one time. And when I saw how big it was, like, oh, we're putting the light line back down. We don't want to hook it on that. And I picked up that flipping, flipping Z crawl again right. uh, with a, had a five volt hook and 25 pound Yosuri fluorocarbon and figured if, if it bit, I need a little sure. heavier artillery to get it in the boat. 11 1. Personal best. What was the, what was your personal best before that one? Uh, truthfully, I've, uh, so I've caught some I think are tens over okay. the years, but the biggest one I've ever weighed for sure on scale to know the exact weight was ninety. Wow! So is uh it, it blew that one out of the water. So I have a nine three on my wall, so I my personal best was better than Brandon Cobb's for a few <laughs> years. Potentially, it, <laughs> now, I can't say for sure if I'd have weighed a few of them. Now. Sure, I, I know, know but, I know, <laughs> I know. Hey, give, give me my. Give me my moment in the sun, would you? <laughs> my, mine came out of Lake Jokassi, my nine Of nine. all places. <laughs> yeah, Lake Jokassi. Wow. Dude, you caught 114 pounds of bass. No, let's put it this way. Your your 20 best fish weighed 114 pounds, and as you told me earlier, on Friday, five of those were weighed 14 pounds. So yeah, exactly. 50, <laughs> so 50, 15 weighed 100, 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness it was, gracious! It was unreal, and and honestly, I know the the day three the weight was absurd. I mean, yes. almost thirty eight, thirty seven, fifteen. Yes, that's, like I I couldn't even. I mean, I don't I don't even know what happened that day. I think I blacked out. But <laughs> the uh, the last day though was 
probably the most one of the most fun days I've ever had fishing. You were, I, I had right at 30, 29, 15, yes. but I don't think I've ever caught so many five-pounders. And you were having a ball fishing. You're, it was. So that, that last day, I mean, I was boat flipping five-pounders on double hooks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> because they were biting so quick, it yeah. wasn't worth the time to lip them, but I didn't even know if they'd help. And I'd boat flip a five, but I don't think so. I'd throw it back, start throw it back, and catch another one. <laughs> It was so much fun watching, and I, and I told you, and you, you, you're, you're kind of the, you said I'm kind of the under, underwhelmer when it comes to talking on live and all, but, but you, that's what resonates. I like to call it informative. I like exactly. to call it informative. <laughs> exactly right, because that's what everybody can relate to. I mean, you just, you're yeah. just kind of saying, well, here's what's going on, and. And you know I got to move here because the bite stop, and, and that is, it's just great stuff to watch. If folks, if you've never watched a Bassmaster live, I mean I, I would say it's the best coverage of bass fishing out there. Um, definitely over MLF and FLW. I mean they're just Tommy Sanders, and whether you got Zona or Height or or any, you got Ronnie and Mike and all. It's just a great thing. But but you just it's a great job on live. It is just something that anybody can watch. And listen to you, and, and it makes sense. It's just good stuff. Oh, and by the way, while we're talking about live, I, yes. wasn't, I didn't even know about this till uh, on the way back on the plane today, Amy told me. She, I, I didn't know she got to be on live. Yes, she did. <laughs> lady, <laughs> lady Amy on live. I think she was, she was, had very few words. I think she was, because, uh, <laughs> Because Mercer was like, oh, he's going to, you know, this is going to be a good, you know, he's going to win it. And Amy was like, no, 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 wait a second. Because she looked at what she goes, we got another hour and a half of fishing to go. And I don't want to jinx this thing because there's just a lot of big fish out there. And uh, <laughs> and, he, and he let her go kind of quick, you know. But, uh, yeah, Amy got to be on live. And, and That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. What what does she think about all this? No, I, I, I think this is the first year. You know, I've been doing this for a pretty sure. long time, you know, yeah. with FLW and everything. But the magnitude of bass is just a whole new level. Yeah. And I don't think until she's seen the fans and the, and the, like the live coverage and everything that bass does, I think she's just now starting to under, understand how big a, all, all this, like the changing trails and the changes this year are. And just the, the strides bass is making towards changing the fishing world. I mean, yeah. really. It is unreal. What a great year. Seventh and angle of the year. Uh, which really doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, it matters because you want to finish up there. But winning Texas Fest comes with an automatic bid to the Classic. So you, next, what, March, we're headed to Gunnersville for the 50th Bassmaster Classic. That's right. And then you know what's funny about that uh, immediate bid to the Classic? So, you know, I don't get nervous, really, on final days. Or okay. even, like, no matter what's going on. I mean, it just is what it is. Well, I didn't even know that it was immediate bid to the classic until Mercer told me on stage the third day. I, I barely, I didn't look at the format very good, and I wasn't even aware of that. And he told me that, and I was like, "Well, crap! Now I'm kind of nervous. Now I got to win." Like I, before, I was just like, "I hope I win." And then sure. once I knew that, I was like, "Well, now I got to win." <laughs> it was uh, that was funny. Didn't even know. Didn't even know. Oh man, good stuff. Well, look, man, you uh. Thanks for doing this on sh- such short notice and, and little sleep. Um, no problem. You uh, you go get you a nap. Uh, I guess you got you got to leave here next week to go to Tahlequah, 
And I understand that's what, what? nine or ten feet up. But uh, good luck out there. We're going to, folks, like I said, Bassmaster.com live is from like, what, 930 to 1130 and then 1230 to 330 or something like that. It's just some good stuff. And uh, like I hopefully, said. Hopefully y'all get to watch me yeah. uh, in Oklahoma. The Brandon Cobb cam will be back. <laughs> I hope I hope so. And if not, everybody follow me on my social media. There you go. To, what is uh, that? Keep up with updates. I, the, the bad tournaments, I'll put the updates on there. We'll get the rest <laughs> off live. And the ones that don't go so good, we'll put on there. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, by the way, uh, you're gonna are you gonna are you gonna ditch Dodge and become a Toyota person now that you have a brand new Toyota? Or are you gonna ditch the Toyota and Man. keep the Dodge? The Dodge is, I've got about 70,000 miles on it, so it's getting time to let it go anyway. Uh-oh. I think we might ride the Toyota out of here to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, not many of you know it comes with a check for $125,000, an automatic bid of the Classic, and a brand-new Toyota Tundra. <laughs> it, was, it was a good week is all I <laughs> Great week. And in the span of 30 <laughs> days, you won two elite tournaments. Oh, man, what a way to represent South Carolina. We all knew... Gosh, we all knew when you hit your first classic and and the three uh, the fir- I mean the cups and and just the way you fished when you got a chance to be on the big stage you were just you're just meant to be there. Congratulations, man, to you and it. Amy, and uh, we'll look forward to watching you finish out this year and and the future you got on the Elite Series is bright. Thank you and appreciate you having me on. Hopefully, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely, and you don't know what it look. Not many people know this, but on the I think it's the bottom left-hand corner of your jersey is the Woods and Water logo. You called me back years ago and said, "Hey, I need to put, I want to put your logo on my jersey." I'm like, "Why? <laughs> Why would you want It'll my logo there. on be your jersey?" And, Everyone's known. And, and 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 I'm sitting there watching Bass Live and I'm looking at my logo going, "God, this is so cool." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but thank From now you. On, it'll be there. We'll, well save that you. spot for it. Oh man, I appreciate that and 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 we will do this many, many more times over the years, my friend. All right. Thank you for having me on. All right. Go get some rest, dude, and uh, safe travels with Hoquois. Okay. We'll have you back on later. Brandon Cobb, thanks very much. Talk to you later, bud. Welcome back to a very short fourth segment of Woods and Water Sucking. I hope you inter- hope you enjoyed it, talking to Brandon. He is a great guy. I think what I need to do is we need to have Brandon either in the studio or doing a live remote, and we need to have a question and answer. Right, get you guys to call in, ask a question, give him time to answer. He's just a just a great guy. Just man, he's gonna be somebody to watch for years to come. Hey, look, I didn't get this in the calendar events, but the 10th annual Saluda River Rally is coming up. It's always a great event down there on the Saluda River. Uh, need to see if I can go do this one. That's the day before my birthday, so maybe. But anyway, June 1st, 10th annual Saluda River Rally. You need to check it out. And with that, we're about done. So thanks for tuning in. Be back next week. And in the meantime, make time to get out there. Take the back roads when you can. And don't forget your camera. Back with more Woods and Water South Carolina next Saturday. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Can't you just
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.